I've always been a fan of stories, as most people are, and it doesn't have to be big, long, extravagant stories. But something that makes a story a really good story is that there's some kind of drama in it. And I don't mean drama like he said, she said, and all the other stuff that happens in our human day-to-day lives, but there's always a problem. There's always some kind of long journey and process of where you get to the solution, and then there's the big finale. There's a good happy ending, or maybe not so happy sometimes. I've never heard a good story saying once upon a time, Joe woke up, he had a really good day, he went to bed and did it again the next day, the end. That's not a good story. Something has to be wrong, something has to be terrible, there has to be some kind of drama, some big journey, some big change of something. Look at the first reading. We hear about Noah and the ark and we hear the last part of it after the flood subsides and the ark lands and the dove comes with the olive branch. God is talking about putting the rainbow in the clouds as a sign of his peace. We hear the ending of this really good story. Something dramatic uh, happened. In order to save the righteous of earth, the floods came and got rid of all of the unrighteousness. Boom, done. A few weeks ago, we heard about Jonah and being swallowed up by the big fish and then being vomited back on, on the beach to go and save the city of Nineveh. You run, and the fish came and got him, and God said, no, go and do this, please, for my people. Done, good story. Same thing today, we hear about Jesus going out into the desert, and I'm not going to lie, I like this particular cycle of readings throughout year B of all the readings, because we hear a lot from Mark's gospel. Mark is one of my favorite gospels because he is very short. See, last year and next year, last year we heard from St. Matthew, next year we'll hear from St. Luke. They give all the other details. Satan showed up and he said this, this, and this. Jesus did this, this, and the other thing. We hear all the details, and that's good. But today, Mark says, no, he went to the desert, this happened, this is who was there, then he said this, done, sit down. Also a good story because we know what fills in the gaps. There was some big dramatic pause from Jesus' public ministry. He's baptized, God the Father intervenes, he says, this is my beloved son. Then the Spirit drives Jesus out to the desert. Why? Not because he was in time out. Not because he was being punished. See, every year we come to this season of Lent, and this is the fifth day of Lent, of many, many more. So we're still at the beginning. You still have time. It's not too late to really dedicate yourself to something good, something holy. We go out into the desert with Jesus for a particular reason. And maybe we get tired of that imagery of the desert. The Jews, the Israelites went out to the the desert. Jesus, the Lord, went out to the desert. There's desert here, desert there. It's all about this imagery, but that's for a reason, obviously. We go out into the desert not because we're being punished, not because the Lord banishes us, but he says, when you go to the desert, something is going to happen. That is the big dramatic story. Most of the Old Testament is the Israelite people wandering for 40 years throughout the wilderness of the desert, leaving slavery in Egypt for freedom. Yes, they sinned and they broke this covenant and that covenant and seven covenants they broke and had restored. There's this drama that plays out between them and God, the Father, who is good, who is loving, who has been good to us and continues to be good to us. That all happens to purify them so as to walk to the Holy Land, Israel, Jerusalem, the promised land flowing with milk and honey. They finally get what was promised to them, but they had to be prepared for it. Jesus goes into the desert. He's preparing for his public ministry. It's not that he was a sinner going and being tempted by Satan. He's the first human in all of creation who is tempted by Satan and overcomes and says no. 
and doesn't fall to the temptation. Jesus goes out to show us that I've done this already. You too can go out into the desert every year during Lent, every day if you choose, to be stripped away from all the creature comforts. I don't know what it is that you've given up for Lent. Maybe it's drink or a certain type of food. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's something you really enjoy. Thank you for considering that and doing that. But make it for a reason. Attach some intention to it. Jesus goes out into the desert not just to get away from people because he's tired of hearing people talk. Not because he's hiding. He goes to prepare, to pray. You don't think he encountered God the Father for 40 days when there's no music, no TV, no community, no bread, no water, no comfortable place to sleep. It's hot, it's dry, it's nasty, it's uncomfortable, and Satan is there. He goes to encounter the Lord, God the Father, in a deeper way to enable himself to be fulfilled, to enable himself to be prepared to come and to start to proclaim that kingdom. And the Lord looks at us each and every year and he says, I still want you to do the same thing. Come with me to the desert. Is it going to be a time of sacrifice? I hope so. Is there going to be a little bit of suffering? You're going to suffer anyway in life because we're sinful people. None of it is a punishment. None of it is being banished by God. He redeems us when he says, strip away everything else that distracts you from me because that is where you will hear my voice the loudest. That's where you're going to hear my voice the clearest. Every time we strip away the distractions, the temptations will come back and we have to face them. Ain't nothing else to run away to. The Lord invites us into the desert today, just as he did the Israelite people, just as he did to Jesus, just as he continues to do for us year after year after year, to go through this drama of the story so that we can experience the good happiness of the ending, the joy of the ending, which is the resurrection. I said it on Ash Wednesday, it's no big surprise, spoiler alert, Jesus has already risen. He doesn't stay in the tomb. They kill off the main character and he comes back. That's why we exist as the church. Our Lord is alive. He's still here. He still speaks through the scriptures. He still desires to meet you face to face each and every time you come to Mass in the Eucharist. He gives himself to you over and over and over, body, blood, soul, and divinity in this sacrifice, this sacrament. Receive that worthily. Prepare yourselves for that. Maybe you're sitting in the church tonight going, yeah, I'm certainly in a certain type of desert. I have been for X amount of days or months or even years, decades. You're not alone. Yes, you may feel alone. Maybe it's dry and it's barren and it's desolate. It's full of sacrifice and suffering, just like the desert is. But the church exists for you. The Lord nourishes you with the company of your brothers and sisters here, with the sacraments, with the scriptures. The church exists for you. Come to the well and drink of that clean, life-giving water that the Lord promises us. You're here for a reason tonight. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I noticed during Lent, especially at the beginning of Lent, 8 o'clock Mass is usually a little bit more full than normal. Welcome. I'm glad that you're here, and I hope that you continue to come back to the Lord time and time again each and every Sunday, because you have a place here, and we're incomplete without you. Go to the desert with us. Bring us with you. How can we love you? How can we support you? How can we bring you to the heart of Jesus Christ who already knows your sufferings, who already knows the temptation, and who already has trampled over each and every one of them? How can you, as a beloved son, a beloved daughter of God Most High, how can you be strengthened? Just as Jesus goes to the desert and is stripped away of all the different things, he is strengthened so that he can come back 
vanquishing all of the temptation, and go and proclaim the gospel. As we go throughout this, the, the days, the steps, the seasons, the processes of Lent, we draw nearer and nearer to my favorite time of the year, which is Holy Week, because we literally get to walk with the Lord in a particular way through his suffering, his passion, his death. We have these beautiful new stations of the cross hung around the church. That's for a reason. As we walk with the Lord from condemnation all the way to the tomb, we know that it's not for nothing. Jesus is stripped away of literally everything that he has on the way of the cross. He's stripped away of his strength. He falls under the weight of the cross three times. He's stripped away of the dignity and autonomy that he has because Veronica has to come and wipe his face for him. He's stripped away of even the dignity of being able to carry his own cross because Simon of Cyrene has to step up and help. He's stripped away of everything, even his garments, nailed naked to a tree, put on display for everyone and to give up his life. He is stripped of everything. It shouldn't be a surprise that the Lord is going to ask the same of us, his disciples, his followers. Not that extreme, hopefully. But that's not the end of the story. The story is playing out with all this drama in our own lives. Each and every one of us could probably write 17 and a half different novels of the different dramas, the different challenges, the different joys and successes, the different failures and everything else that we're going through right now, the things we have gone through and the things we probably foresee us going through. Each and every bit of it has already been redeemed by Jesus Christ. So come to the desert. Don't be afraid. You're not being punished. You're not being sent out like sheep among wolves. You're not being sent out for nothing. The Lord invites you to allow him to strip away all of those different things so that you face him and him alone. Yes, the temptation will be great, but the victory is even greater. So let's together as a church go to the desert. Give up whatever it is the Lord invites us to give up for Lent. Fast and sacrifice. Pray for this. Give alms in this particular way. Let's go. Let's be strengthened. Let's receive that grace that only God himself can give us. So that we, just like Jesus, can trample over the temptation, overcome the sin, come back refreshed and renewed so that we too can proclaim the gospel as he did. Now is the time of fulfillment, he says, right now. Everything that you have heard about, everything that's been proclaimed, everything that's been prophesied, it happens now, he says. 2,000 years ago and even today. The kingdom of God is at hand, he says. You are part of that kingdom. We serve a king who is alive. You are beloved princes, princesses of the king. You have an inheritance in the kingdom. You have an inheritance in heaven. Realize that. Internalize it. Claim that dignity, that identity that can't be stolen from you. Go to the desert. Be strengthened. Overcome the temptation. Then come and proclaim the goodness of what the Lord has done for you. Maybe you find yourself already in the promised land. Maybe you find yourself just being kicked out to the desert. You're not being kicked. You're being led. And the Lord is behind you to encourage you and strengthen you. He's in front of you to guide you, above you to bless you, beneath you to uphold and support you. He's beside you to walk with you. And he's within you to sustain you. Everything that we need comes from the Lord. Don't be afraid to ask him. He's ready to give. Go to the desert be strengthened, receive that grace, overcome the temptation, then go and proclaim. Call yourself and call your brothers and sisters to conversion. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, the Lord says. Repent, each and every one of us, myself included, repent and believe in the good news of the gospel, 
which is that Jesus has died for us, Jesus has risen for us, and Jesus offers us that eternal life so long as we choose to follow him out to go to the desert. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at Christ the King is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit www.ctklsu.org.